Free Trail fam, bonjour from Chamonix, France. Of course, I am your loving host, Dylan Bowman, here to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the Ultra Trail de Mont Blanc. It is officially UTMB week, and we are here to enjoy the spectacle and share our love for this amazing sport and this amazing event with you, the global trail running community, trail fans worldwide. This is a special time of year, and we are so happy to be here to enjoy it in person. We're going to be doing a daily show each morning recording in the heart of Chamonix covering all the major stories of this year's race. It is a special week-long series we're calling Good Morning Mont Blanc, which you're listening to now. Each day we'll have a star-studded group of rotating co-hosts to share their expert perspectives about the fields, the conditions, the races, and the results as they happen throughout the week. We're also going to be doing a ton of pre- and post-race interviews with some of the main contenders and the top performers. So make sure you're subscribed here or to our YouTube channel so you don't miss a single second of our coverage. We are grateful for your support. We really hope you'll follow along and share it with your friends. Finally, thank you to Hoka and Camelback for making the shows possible this week. Make sure you play fantasy, fantasy fantasy.freetrail.com for a chance to win prize packages from these awesome brands. Thank you all so much for listening. Have an amazing UTMB week. Hannes Namberger, welcome back to Chamonix, your third UTMB. How are you feeling? Hello, thanks for the invitation. Yeah, if I be honest, I'm really <laughs> nervous, Yeah, but super excited to do the loop again, um, this time to the finish line. Yeah, um, I will stick to my plan and have fun around the loop. Say more about being nervous, because I think it'll be relatable to the listeners obviously like you come in as one of the favorites into the race and fantastic athlete and you've gained a lot of experience at some of the biggest races in the world but even somebody like you can arrive here at UTMB and be scared for the challenge ahead yeah normally I do only 100k races or 120k races yeah. and the 170k that's a big different um you calculate 21 hours around about 22 and you have to do different things here um stay warm during the time um eat a lot eat uh, solid food and i did only one 100 mile race in my life before so for a 100k race and yeah i'm not really nervous but for this it makes me nervous <laughs> so before we talk more about the race let's talk about the other major life development that is materializing here very soon. You and your partner, of course, expecting a child here in the next few weeks. How are you feeling about that? And, and does it give you any energy ahead of UTMB this week? At the moment, I'm super relaxed and I'm thinking on the race and also um, on my wife at home and to the baby. But I have one more week in this bubble, in the trail running bubble. And if I arrive at home, then trail running doesn't exist. Yeah. So then um, then we have to wait. Yeah. I'm super happy to do this both worlds. Yeah, we will see what happens in three or four weeks maybe. And <laughs> you know it better than me what yeah. happened. It's my first time. It's going to be, it's going to be amazing, man. You're in for an absolute treat. And I think you will be carrying 
you know, just the knowledge of this new life change with you on the race course on Friday. And I'm sure uh, your partner will be at home watching the live stream broadcast and soon you'll be a united, new, expanded family, which is going to be amazing. Yeah. So talking about your season, you sort of finished a disappointing 14th at the world championships near where you live in Austria, uh, earlier in the summer. Talk about that performance. What happened there? You were able to like, you know, sort of salvage a solid performance. I think you were way back earlier in the race, ultimately finishing 14th. Yeah. So just give us the story of that race and what you learned. Um, I would say I made a big mistake. Um, I tried something new in my nutrition plan and this doesn't work. Mm. Um, I tried it a lot in the training, but not in race conditions. And yeah, it doesn't work to my body. And then, yeah, I really fucked up in the race. Mm -hmm. I was on position 39 and then I changed in the race my, my whole nutrition plan and then it worked again. Mm. But it was too late and yeah, 14th place was not uh, the result what I expected before. But I learned a lot of from from these memories, um, and then I changed with my nutrition brand what I what I use, what is working really good for my body, mm -hmm. and then I tried it in uh, Switzerland again in the Eiga Ultra, and it worked. And then I could run like the the past years before. Yeah, sometimes you make mistakes, yeah. and that's. You have to learn. Does it give you confidence that you can still salvage a 14th position in the world championship, even on a bad day? I think it says a lot about your talent and your race execution. Uh, difficult to say, but um, I learned from this race that you never give up. The race was very short with um, 86 hours, but if you have the same experience on UTMB that you are feeling not good until, yeah, Colmayor, for example, then don't give up. Maybe you make it to the finish line and you can pass runners by runners. Yeah, it yeah. could be also very helpful, not only for me, but for everybody. If you're not injured, if you have no really big, big pain, then make it to the finish line. Yeah. Why not? Miracles and, can happen. And yeah. afterwards, I was so happy that I... Don't give up. Yeah. That I fight that I have a good fight against my body. Yeah. And 14 place was not good, but I was happy with myself. It's also not bad. Yeah. It's not bad at all. So then you bounce back with a great victory at the Iger Trail UTMB race early to mid-July, I think mid -July. it was. Yeah, yeah. mid-July. Tell us a little bit about that race, building confidence back and how it sort of launched you forward towards UTMB. Um, I would say the Eiger was a little bit difficult race because not the good elite runners was there. It was only a hand of um, one handful of, of good runners. And I tried to go from the start line in my own pace and I was the whole race alone. Really? So I had always to push myself. The gap would be was always bigger and bigger. I had at the end 28 minutes to the second position. It was okay. Um I wanted you did run a fast time, you know, a time that was commensurate with the victory every year. It was not a year. fast time, but um, the heat was the problem. Mm -hmm. It was too hot. It, I was really, my core sensor was smashing 
um, I was always like fever yeah. because the temperatures for this altitude over 30 degrees. And that's... That's hot. It's really hot. Yeah. So always cool down. Yeah, we were just talking before we pressed record for our listeners here. It's a cold, overcast day here in Chamonix. And Hannes was saying, oh, I was hoping that the <laughs> weather would be like this for UTMB. But it does look like the forecast is going to be opening up and improving. It won't be hot like it was at Iger, but it won't be the nasty weather conditions that maybe would favor somebody like you. I, yeah. I would love to have uh, <laughs> conditions that you have to run with hand gloves with the rain jacket and then... Yeah. Yeah. You have to be yeah, hard to yourself to to make it to the finish line. I want to spend some time talking about your training now. I noticed that you do like a good amount of volume on the bike even throughout the summer months. Tell us about how you've structured things, how you recovered from Iger and sort of that mix between biking and running and how you've been orienting your training towards UTMB. Um, I would say between Iger and UTMB are only seven weeks. So after the race, I did one week without training and then started smart again. Um, the first week is always how the body reacts. Do we have injuries? Do we have some problems? But the last five weeks, they went really good. Um, I spent, I would say, 30% on the bike and 60, 60 until 70% on, on running. I don't do so much running. I would say my average kilometers per week are 120, maximum 150. And I'm fine with this. Yeah. Um, That's like 80 to 90 miles a week, roughly exactly, for our yeah. American listeners. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Not huge volume. But then not you supplement with what do you do? Maybe 10 hours on the bike too? No, not exactly. No. Um, I would say 100 miles on the bike. Yeah. Um, but gravel, yeah. Um, not road biking. Or sometimes indoor in in the yeah. winter only. Yeah, I indoor. saw you ripping the Zwifts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love Zwift. <laughs> <laughs> That's really interesting, man. I mean, I think it, it puts you in um, you know a category of athletes that you know is really creative with their training and and doesn't necessarily look to external um, you know sources for what works best for you, right? Like it's sort of counterintuitive to do smaller volume in training and, and then add supplemental volume on the bike. Obviously you just did a big hundred kilometer race only seven weeks ago that proved you have the fitness, but it also is important for you to recognize that you don't need to necessarily stack a bunch of volume on that fitness, but it's important to just maintain the, the freshness. Also, I noticed you do some big uphill intervals where you'll yes. do like 12 <laughs> minutes, 12 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, all exactly. uphill. Yeah. Tell us about that. Um, I do all my intervals are always uphill. Yeah. I do not often in the flat part, um, because of injuries. Um, I'm not a runner. Mm. I didn't learn run running as a child. So, um, I'm a pure trail runner and I started it with with trail running when I was 27 years old right. so very late but the uphill intervals um, they helped me a lot for the races um, to keep in the hiking mode to work with poles um, to make big steps not always running sometimes it's very steep and that's what I what I like and 
for the race, that's perfect, especially for for here for mm -hmm. UTMB. If your legs are tired, then you you cannot run all the time. Maybe Courtney can do it, but for me, it's not possible. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I have to uh, I have to walk, and sometimes I'm I have the same speed like uh, like when I would run. Yeah, and yeah, that's good to have the change in in the in the races yeah. between running and walking and hiking. Yeah, I was just, you know, as somebody who does the vast majority of my interval work also going uphill, man, those workouts look big that you do up to an hour and a half of total volume yeah. going uphill. That's, yeah. that's a big, big workout and I'm sure makes you strong and confident ahead of a race like UTMB. Let's talk about the experience that you have here. You finished sixth in your first attempt in 2020. 21 exactly. and then you had an unfortunate dnf at cormayer last year how did those two races influence how you're thinking about this year um and what happened last year exactly was it a nutrition thing also no i <laughs> i hit my toe against the stone uh -huh. and then i wasn't at the doctor but i think it was broken yeah. and because it was totally swollen and blue And I tried it over one and a half hour, but yeah. I was limping and it it wasn't running. I, That's happened to me. Very painful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I said to myself, in Kermay, I have to stop because my body gave me the signal, stop here, don't go further. There was, a, there was my first DNF, um, but it was fine. It was a mistake during my run. Okay. Mm -hmm. Also, I made a mistake last year that I was too aggressive or too... I wanted only to run faster than the year before. My first year, I was totally relaxed. I was nervous, but I was happy to be here. Mm -hmm. My first 100-mile race. And last year, I said only faster and faster. And But why? Enjoy Chamonix, enjoy UTMB, enjoy the community yeah, I'm healthy, I can be here, and that's a good feeling. And with this feeling, I will go to the start line. And yeah, that's yeah. all. Don't look too much on the watch or on time splits. Uh, yeah, because I recall when you came on the podcast, we were talking about how you usually allow, like you look at, you pay attention to your heart rate data, yeah. usually early in the race to just gauge how you're feeling and how you're performing. You're saying that it's better to, Maybe just focus more on your intuition and pay less attention to the data. Yeah, heart yeah. um, is is very important. Yeah. So I don't uh, throw this away because it pays me a little bit, especially at the beginning. If everybody's sprinting away, yeah. then you have to come down. But later in the race, really enjoy it. Put the lamp, uh, headlamp on. Have a good night. Um, Yeah, don't waste too much energy. And then if you make it to Courmayeur, only 30 minutes behind the leading group, yeah. everything is okay. Yeah. Then go away, make it to Switzerland. And then yeah. if you are in a good position, then you can push more or yeah. run more aggressive. But at the beginning, enjoy it and have a good time. That's my goal. Yeah, good. So I think this year is maybe a little bit different for you and for the field in general. We've been talking for the last few days about how the men's race is like totally wide open, it feels like. 
the absence of people like Killian and Francois and Xavier and many of the recent champions, it's incredibly deep. There are a number of fantastic athletes, many people who can win the race, but I think you probably come in as one of the favorites this year. Do you feel that way? And, or like, does that, does that change your psychology ahead of a race like this? No, not really. Uh, if some people say you are one of the favorites, yeah, okay, but we come all to the finish, it's the, to the start line, have the same cards in the hand, and we have all run the same loop. Yeah. So, yeah, I want to be proud of myself after the loop. Yeah. Um, I want to make myself proud. I want to bring my performance, what I can do. Yeah. And that's all. That's yeah. my goal. Yeah. All voices what comes from the outside, they motivates me, but it's no pressure, mm -hmm. I would say. Yeah. So maybe winding down, I'd love to hear about the recce loop that you did with Robert Hanel. Um, but also you said something before we press record about how you intentionally stay at home in Germany to train because Chamonix can be a little overwhelming. So maybe talk about that philosophy, but then also the fact that you came over here to do that recce loop with Robert. Um, at home, nobody cares about trail running. <laughs> yeah, um, that's super cool. I can go to my mountain, have a good time, be on my trails, have my loop. Yeah, it's not a, a trail running community at home. Yeah, I'm in my own world. That's yeah. super fine. Then I come here and everybody's talking about um, UTMB <laughs> times and everything like that. Like that. Then that's cool. So I will stay only one week here. Yeah. But before, um, I saw that Robert Heinal from Romania stays here for one month. And I wrote him, yeah, do you want to join me for the loop? I will do it only from Saint-Gervais to Comayur and then to Switzerland and then back. So mm -hmm. three days. Yeah, why not? Then we said, okay, we need only one fresh shirt, one short and one fresh pair of, of socks. And that's all. And then we make <laughs> bike packing with, with the with the backpack. Uh -huh. And then I booked some hotels. And that's that was it. And we had such a good time. <laughs> Perfect weather. We meet a lot of other runners. Oh, that was really cool. So not so much equipment, not no sports nutrition. I had only Coke and, and uh, gummy bears. <laughs> in my pocket and it was all and we had a good time on the trail and that's that's sometimes cool to come back to the basics yeah and he's finished second place here i think it was 2018 2018 yeah did he have did he have any uh maybe words of advice for you as you approach your third utmb because he's running also isn't he yeah he's running also yeah. uh we spoke a lot about which part do you prefer what uh, what do you think about cold weather, nutrition? Uh, yeah, but that's all. Yeah. But Other than that, you're just enjoying the time out on the trail with a friend. Enjoying the time yeah. and uh, not, we don't speak always um, about trail running and that's sometimes really good. Good, awesome. <laughs> Hannes, final question for you, which I've been asking everybody that is just, who is going to be crewing for you this weekend? Why did you choose that person? And what has that person meant to you in your career? My friend Andre, he's my teammate from Dynafit. He's now running TDS. 
on position 10. <laughs> um, I did a lot of races with him together um, since 2018, and he's a real friend. Yeah. So not only teammate, a real friend. He was at my wedding. Um, I really like him. Yeah. And I trust him 100%. And after today, he's really smashed. So he's yeah. totally <laughs> um, tired. And I think he has time and he wants to be um, my supporter. That's cool. Yeah. So a couple days to rest. Yeah. Shout out to Andre out there on the TDS course. And then he gets to chaperone the great Hannes Namager for what I hope is a fantastic, satisfying lap around Mont Blanc. Hannes, thanks for coming on the show. Good Thank luck in the man. race this weekend. And even bigger luck to you and your wife as you approach the welcoming of your child. Thank you very much. Thank you.